Welcome to the Outlaw Radio Show. My name is Zach Adams, and I pastor a church located just outside of Athens, Georgia. The name of the church is Calvary 316. If you're local, come check us out. Our service is at 1030 Sunday morning. You can learn more about the church by visiting our website, which is calvary316.com. Wherever you're listening, I do hope that you stay with me over the next hour. As we seek to deconstruct the negative perception that the world has of Christians by boldly, brashly, just honestly, discussing things that are relevant, relevant in culture, relevant in our lives. And to do that today, I've invited uh, a good friend, the producer of the show, Josh Brown. Welcome. Glad you're with me. Zach, as always, thanks for having me. We are uh, conjoined from 751 miles of distance. That's right. Technology's wonderful, isn't it? It is. It's amazing. Now, it's been a, been a little while since you've been on the show, so just you want to give kind of a yeah. quick recap of what you're up to and what God's doing in your life, and uh, I'm sure the audience yeah. is interested. Yeah, yeah. I, I kind of doubt that, but I'll, I'll go ahead and do as you've asked. <laughs> <laughs> I'm interested. Okay, okay, cool. Yeah, so uh, continuing to produce radio and television and video here at His Productions, Um we're growing. Uh, God's just been so good to us. As you know, Zach, I, I travel a lot. I go to conferences. And so actually a week uh, from this recording, I'll be on the West Coast uh, heading out for NRB, which is National Religious Broadcasters Convention. This isn't a pastor's convention, uh, but I'll go out there and get to meet some clients and enjoy some sunshine because it's still cold here in Indiana. Now, can you explain, and this is all going a certain direction, can you explain what it yeah. is that, that you guys actually do? Like your vision yeah. for his productions. Yeah, yeah. So our vision is to grow God's kingdom through radio and media. So we, we want to see people get saved, and we want to see people who know Jesus be discipled. Uh, those are the two uh, real vision statements for, for what we do. And we do that a variety of ways. Uh, the first way is by taking Bible teaching, um, like you would teach on a Sunday morning or midweek Bible study. We edit that message, uh, meaning we take out clicks and pops and whistles and dated statements and stutters and uh, unnecessary and bad, kinds of things. And bad jokes. <laughs> bad jokes, definitely. Definitely we'll do that if, <laughs> if necessary. Uh, and then we write a script and, and we have a voiceover person introduce that broadcast or podcast. Uh, essentially, we take Bible teaching and we get that ready to deploy anywhere the client asks us. TV, web, podcast, but predominantly, as you know, uh, Zach, like what we're doing right now, predominantly what we do is radio production. So you guys are a multimedia production company. Yeah. See, mm -hmm. I think that yeah. makes you the perfect person to have on the show to talk about the church and technology. Technology, just mm. in a general sense, it's it's rapidly changing. It's uh, it is it's quite amazing with the internet, and broadband speeds, and um, mm -hmm. and it can be a mm -hmm. wonderful tool. But I think the church, at least in my circles, over the last five years, which is the explosion of multimedia, the church is kind of yeah. taking a moment to really figure out um, what works. What doesn't? What sounds good, mm -hmm. but in theory takes away? Mm -hmm. You know, we, the the church is having a conversation about how much technology to use, and when technology uh, oversteps maybe its intended purposes. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know if you heard about like breaking news. Like this happened uh, this past week. I was shocked. Mm -hmm. I was blown away. There was uh, an article published um, that all of the data that they had from 2003 to 2014 MySpace has lost all of it they were they were moving data from one server to another can you remind people what MySpace is and and they lost they lost all of the so all of all of our profiles are gone now what makes that shocking is i didn't know MySpace even existed no i thought I it was gone i didn't even know it was I thought it was gone too. And so the shocking, you know, that the article tried to come across that it was shocking that MySpace had lost the data. I read the article and I was shocked MySpace still had Are data. Are you sure this wasn't on Babylon B? <laughs> no, this was like this was straight up an actual an actual thing. Um, you know, and the last I had heard of MySpace is that Justin Timberlake actually bought it and they were going to try to like make it more of a music thing. Okay. And uh 
but I think it's an inter- it's it's interesting and it's a, and it's an object lesson because I remember like you, I mean when MySpace was the jam. Right. I mean it was everyone had a MySpace and churches were creating their MySpace mm-hmm. and then kind of below the surface was this Facebook thing yeah. starting. Yep. Um but how quickly one thing was there, you had to have it and then it was gone. Yeah. Um you know, you've got Facebook, you've got Twitter, Instagram, um, I think Snapchat's kind of dying. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know too many people on Snapchat anymore. Um, but the church with technology, yeah. Um, what do you think is absolutely necessary from a technological standpoint yeah. for a church to be using? Like, let's start at the baseline. Like, what yeah. should we be using well i I think that you're going to approach this from two different angles you know the first angle is what are we doing internally technologically to minister to the people who are at the church right and then the the other question or the other angle is externally what are how are we using technology uh to win the lost and to disciple people who know jesus so you know the first thing that i tell people is this is this doesn't sound very technological but i think it's super crucial zach um you need to be recording your Bible teaching, at least on audio, if not on video, in the highest quality format possible. And, and there's some simple equipment uh, that we will help our clients uh, uh, work through to get set up. And the reason why is this. Not everyone's going to have an outlaw radio broadcast like you. Not everyone is going to have um, uh, Bible teaching on the radio, but you never know. And I can't tell you, Zach, how many pastors that I've encountered who, you know, five years after the church has been planted, God opens this amazing door uh, for them to take their Bible teaching to radio or, or to, to some other place. They, they've been recording on their iPhone or they've been recording, um, you know, at 24-bit MP3, which for those of you that are listening basically means you can't use it. <laughs> So <laughs> I think internally, the first thing is to record high quality audio. Uh, the second thing, and I think that this is probably fringing on the more, uh, uh, more recently important things to do. I think that you should be videotaping because there's some really, really inexpensive ways to do this. You know, it used to be Zach that you had to have these gigantic, you know, uh, uh, broadcast cameras and you had to have a video production room. There is some new technology that allows you to use an iPhone. And I, for, for those of you that don't know, if you have an iPhone 10, uh, this, this actually does 4K video. It, it's not a joke. I mean, it's, it's pretty high quality stuff. There are some switching options that are really uh, pretty amazing. So I think for churches that can, budget-wise, internally, Zach, I think they need to be doing high quality audio and definitely high quality video archiving those things for whatever doors God may open. Now, externally, this is probably going to be a whole other block. You'll have to decide as, as I... Well, hold that okay. thought. I, mean, I want to even get more basic than that, because okay. I agree I agree with what you, what you said. Okay. Uh, as a matter of fact, um, I'm kind of uh, a testimony to that. We're not a big church. We're a small church, five years in, mm-hmm. and, um, and we videoing and audio, high quality, mm-hmm. um, and, but it was for our people and the website and whatnot. And, um, and then when you and I connected, um, you know, a couple of years back, right. um, you know, outlaw radio started simply as a two minute broadcast. Um, it was a two minute devotional nugget, um, yep. that I had to write and record and had to get some gear. But then very quickly, you know, we had an interest in our teaching media. Mm-hmm. And so when you were like, Hey, we let's produce the, the teaching, um, I took my Galatians series, right. uh, which was which was called Outlaw Church. Um, I sent you the audio, and it was good enough that you guys immediately took it and ran with it. You guys have great um, quality per- audio. Now, your 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 spoken word recordings are very 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 good. But as a small church, I mean, this was a minimal resource. Yes, exactly. And then when the opportunity presented, man, we were we were we were ready to yes. roll. Um, I, I want to get even more basic, though. Okay. That I think I think we can agree that the first thing a church does need to have, as far as technology goes, um, is a good website. Yes, like you need to have a website. Yes, um, and there are some specific things about that website that need to be present. 
Yeah, tell me well, what needs the, to be the present number one thing that we know. If you, if you look at any data right now, the statistics are very, very plain. People are not logging on to websites nearly as much as they used to from a desktop computer. So whether you're Mac or PC, uh, you do go to websites on your computer as a listener. I know you know that, but most of your web traffic, most people's websites they're being consumed from a mobile device, specifically an Android phone or an iPhone. Okay. So there are different ways, Zach, that you can build a website. Uh, You can build a website. You've probably been on these websites. Listeners, if you're, you're going to know exactly what I'm saying. You've been on this website and it's this boxy, clunky, really, really difficult thing. And you're using your fingers to pinch and zoom to find this button to find to get to where you need it. It's really kind of ridiculous. Um, it's terrible. It's terrible. It's so, terrible. <laughs> so the number one thing that you must do on your church website is it must be mobile friendly. What does that mean? It means that your website looks absolutely stunning and beautiful on a desktop computer, whether it's Mac or PC. It looks absolutely stunning and beautiful on an iPad or the Windows iPad version. I don't know what that's called. Android or iPhone. <laughs> It's going to look beautiful. Not only that, but your website, when it's mobile friendly, Zach, as you know, it begins to scale differently. Your buttons appear differently. The important things become prominent and it's just easy to use. Honestly, Zach, some of the the research that I've been doing recently shows that even mobile apps, they're going bye-bye. Why? Because more and 100%. more websites are mobile friendly, which makes that website actually function like a mobile app does. Uh, I am so glad you brought that up because uh, the technical term is that the website needs to be responsive. Yes, mobile so responsive. That it, 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 it sizes to whatever the screen is. Mm-hmm. And by the way, if, if you're listening and you're wanting to know if your website is responsive and aside from just getting your phone out, if you have like Safari... If you take the corner of Safari and just minimize your browser, like close it down, like move it, if the website doesn't move with it and start stacking and boxing, right, and right. then then it's not responsive. It's right. got to adapt to whatever the resolution, whatever the screen size is. But there was this wave in the church mm-hmm. a couple years ago. Everyone had to have, you had to have an yep. app. You yep. had to roll out your yep. app. Yep. You had to have your, 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 your Bible teaching app, yep. your church app, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm sitting there thinking, and we had just built, you know, you know, Calvary316.com mm-hmm. and it's completely responsive and it moves and it looks great on whatever device. And I'm like, why in the world would you make an app if your website does what it's supposed to do? Mm-hmm. And, and then and then even on the iPhone, I don't know how this is with um, with Android, but there's a way, like if you're on a website, you can click a button and make um a you know a an icon on your screen. Yeah. Yeah. That you're just clicking like you would. So it looks like, like on my phone, I've got what looks to be a Calvary 316 app. No, it's just our, it's just our website. Well, the reason people first Um, started doing mobile apps, Zach, was because there were initially features that a mobile app could do that websites can't. That has all changed. And uh, I know we're, we're getting ready to head into a break, but you probably know the big news that Apple released not too long ago about mobile apps. It absolutely devastated the church mobile app industry. And for those of you listening, we'll we'll probably talk a little bit more about that. Zach, are you familiar with what's happened? No, not. So hold that thought. If you're listening, uh, don't go anywhere. We'll be back. If you're not able to listen uh, to the next block or to continue on with the show, don't worry. Go to outlawradio.org. From the website, you'll see quick links to our podcast. Uh, every episode of the Outlaw Radio Show uh, is podcasted, and and we do that mainly so you you might not be in the car for fifty two minutes, and we get that. So if you're not able to listen to the show in its entirety, you can go. All of our shows are podcasted, available iTunes, Google Play. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Hear more with Josh Brown and the Outlaw Radio Show. Hi, my name is David Guzik, and I'm a friend of Zach and the entire team at Outlaw Radio. One of the things I like most about Outlaw Radio is Zach's desire to challenge Christians to think critically, ask relevant questions, and then pursue answers on their own. The sad reality is too many Christians don't know what they believe, yet alone why they believe what they do. 
This is why, in addition to Outlaw Radio tackling the tough topics you might not hear at church on Sundays, their desire is to equip, inspire, and challenge you to dig into God's Word and wrestle with these complex topics on your own. To help you in this process, Zach wanted me to let you all know of two free resources essential for any serious Bible student. Aside from my full Bible commentary available at EnduringWord.com, the resources you can access at BlueLetterBible.org will truly transform the way you study the Bible. Aside from their treasure trove of free commentaries, BlueLetterBible.org also has an incredible word search function, making it easy to dive into the original languages behind a biblical text. So if you want to dig deeper into your study of Scripture, check out EnduringWord.com as well as BlueLetterBible.org. Welcome back to the Outlaw Radio Show. One of the most important aspects of our show is the desire to connect with you, the listening audience. Um, we want to hear feedback, how the show has blessed you, questions that you might have, or even a challenge to something that might have been said. There are a lot of ways that you can reach out to us. Um, one of the easiest is just by email. Our email address is info at outlawradio.org. Uh, you can also connect with us, facebook.com slash the radio outlaw. You can also hit us up on Twitter uh, at radio underscore outlaw. We are talking right now about the church and technology. And in our, our previous block, Josh Brown, who is our producer, who I thought would be a great guest for this particular topic, uh, he mentioned something about, about apps. I will say, Josh, when it comes to apps, um, I don't have many of them anymore. Uh, they're I think the only apps that I have are like a weather app, um, you know, and then certain apps that are just kind of core to my iPhone. Um, you know, what you had mentioned that Apple has changed some things that has really devastated the church app world. Could you elaborate on that? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, first I want to uh, certainly give credit where credit's due. Um, our marketing and branding guy here at, at his productions brought this to my attention. Um, there's a website out there called prochurchtools.com. I'll say it again, prochurchtools.com. And I watched about an 18 minute uh, YouTube video that this gentleman, he's a young guy, uh, put on uh, about church apps. And he, the title of this uh, uh, YouTube video is 11 reasons not to build an app. Uh, and it was updated in 2018. So not a very old um, video. But let me break it down this way, Zach. It used to be that anyone like you or I, we could build an app uh, in our own name. We could buy a developer's license from from Apple. We could submit um, that app to the store, and it would be added to the uh, to the store. So Apple began to uh, take a look at the actual the actual glut of apps that were in the store. If you've been to the app store, I mean, it's, it's an ocean and your app is a drop in that ocean. So they, they quickly realized that, listen, we're going to have to rein this in uh, and, and basically reduce the way, the method by which people are submitting apps, as well as the type of apps that can be uh, submitted to the store. The, one of the big places, one of the big sectors that was affected was the church. So what happened was you've got developers who, who no longer can now submit these custom apps. They basically have a single app from their company. And then there's a subset within that app that's for the church itself. Okay. And there's a lot of companies out there that make it, make these kinds of apps. Uh, template-based app building, you know, if someone tells you, hey, you can get an app built for $5,000, they're not talking about a custom uh, mobile app. They're, they're talking about a template-based mobile app that is basically going to be skinned with your visual identity, with your church's visual identity. Hmm, this gentleman at ProChurchTools.com had a ton of data. I really encourage uh, listeners to go check this out. He claims the average cost for a custom-built mobile app, his data proves it as well. A hundred thousand dollars, Zach. What? A <laughs> hundred grand. If you want to have a custom-built, truly custom, like ground-up, coded, and built app with with the functions that you want in it, it's going to cost you a hundred k. Now, I I don't know about Calvary three sixteen. I attend not a small church, but not a large church. 
But if I went to my pastor and I said, Hey, I need a hundred thousand dollars to build a mobile app. He's, he's, uh, he's going to laugh at me. Yeah. I'd laugh at you for sure. Yeah. Especially when you don't need an app. And that's kind of the, the whole point here is, is just have a good website. All have of the good features. And, and, and I think it's uh, gosh, around the 11 or 12 minute mark. Um, you know, people were saying, Hey, what about push notifications? Uh, 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 we need that. We need push notifications for uh, a mobile app. I, we, we want everyone to be able to be in direct contact with us right away. You could do that through a website now. You could do push notifications just like a mobile app. That was one of the big arguments. Well, we've got to have a mobile app. No, you don't. What about giving? It used to be, hey, we've got to have giving because giving's difficult through our website. It's so easy to set up clean and easy methods for people to tithe. Uh, on your church website and and make it look beautiful on a mobile device. That kind of segues, I think, to a, a, another essential component. Um, again, talking technology, talking what's essential, like w- what do we need to have? Um, in addition to a website and recording your audio and, and video, um, you need to you need to have the ability for people to give uh, digitally. I don't yep. carry cash um, ever nor do I carry a checkbook. Uh, most millennials have never written a check. Right. Um, and if the only way someone can give is the offering box in the back of your sanctuary, um, you're just limiting people's ability to give because that's not a normal mechanism. We don't write checks for things. Um, and it's actually dangerous to carry a checkbook because that's the easiest way someone can steal your account information is a right. check. Right. Um, for us, you know, there's a lot of, um, you know, our our kind of our model about the electronic giving. You know, you you there's all kinds of um, uh, services that cater yeah. to to online donations, yep. churches, etc. Um, for us, man, we just you can you can give via PayPal, you can give via Square Cash. We have an iPad kiosk if you want to use your credit card on Sunday. We have an offering box. We just want to have as many different ways. Yeah. Um that you can just use whatever it is you're already using. And I'll tell you, like 80% of our offering comes in uh just using the Square Cash app. Absolutely. Um, you know, Zach, another really important uh component to that giving um is the reoccurring option. You know, I personally love the fact, and I, we have we have online giving at our church as well. I love the fact that I went in, I set up a profile. My wife and I talked about it. This is what we felt like um, we wanted to give to our church, ten percent, of course, uh, um, or above, if we if, on weeks we're able to. Um, we don't even have to think about that. I get an email Sunday morning, actually, when I'm in the green room getting ready to, <laughs> to lead worship at our church, and it says your tithe went. You know, it everything was was kosher and and the money went to the church's bank and however i don't know it's dark magic behind the behind the curtains <laughs> but i don't i don't think about it as much because it's already a commitment that i've made you know i've already decided and chosen i think that reoccurring option is also really crucial i, I agree with you the the one component to that and i and you kind of touched on it is the the mindlessness we don't well, we don't want to over automate giving because yeah. it's an offering. Like there is, there is a component where um, you need to you need to have this discipline. Creighton, you know Creighton. Creighton yeah. has worked around Calvary three sixteen for yep. for some time. There was a there was a time where uh, he wanted me to like do a withholding from his paycheck as there's his some, tithe. There's some tax benefits to doing that. I, but I told him <laughs> I was like I was like Creighton. We can't, I'm not going to do that. But he's like, but I, I just struggled to tithe. And I was like, that's your problem. And you need to figure it out and figure out a way that works. And so he ultimately right. did. And he used PayPal to set up right. a reoccurring uh, type deal. Um, but but there has to be that moment um, where, you know, whether it's when you get your paycheck and you know it's going to go out, that you make an offering that you take. For me, um, I still, I'm, I'm one of those unique people. I do write a check. Um but I do it because I'm I'm also I log the offering, and so it's mm-hmm. just the easiest way right here in the office. But every time I I, I write a tithe, um, I take a moment and I pray over it. Mm-hmm. You know, Lord, mm-hmm. this is this is me giving of my first fruits. Yep. 
um, in accordance with what your word says, and I'm I'm trusting you. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- th- you know, I'm not trusting you with with ten percent. I'm trusting you with all of it, like Amen. all that I have. This is this well, is, and, and there should be even in an automated culture with giving. Um, if you're listening, um, find some way, whether it's when you, know, you you get an email notification or when you get um, you know your your pay stub, when you know it's happening, take a moment and pray over it. Um, because there's there's significance to it. It's a it's a it's a decision that you're ma- you're making, and, and it's important. But I'm with you. Like you've got to have online giving, and you got to have the ability for people to make it reoccurring. Because again, uh, millennials are terrible with with money. And um, with we've got about a minute and a half left. What's another mm-hmm. essential thing? Uh, just from your perspective, technology-wise, that a church needs to well, be. Well, I think if we kind of stick with the website side of things, there's a couple of big reasons people want to visit a church website. Uh, they want to know when your services are and where you are. Those are the two biggest things. So right. have your map and your directions to your church front and center, and then uh, please have your your service times if you have more than one service uh, very clearly marked. Don't forget daylight savings. Uh, there's nothing worse than a church, you know, a, a visitor coming to a church and the doors bolted because you didn't update your website. I will say, you know, it used to be back in the day that you moved into an area, you were looking for a church, you know, you you've been driving by this building that before you went to the church, before you visited, you would swing by, park in the parking lot, and go into the foyer, which is why mm-hmm. you had to have a, a secretary and mm-hmm. and you would go and get a a teaching tape and you'd go over and get a brochure, you know, get information to learn about this place and then go home and make a decision. Do I want to visit? All of that is obsolete. No one's going to stop by your church foyer to learn about your church. No (laughs) one's going to come without first learning about your church. Your website, it's a digital foyer and, and set it up that way. Your website isn't for your members. It's for the visitors. It's for the community of people that, that are, your members get their information from Sunday morning announcements, right? Um, not uh, through the website. Anyway, we're running against a break. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back here with the Outlaw Radio Show. This is Josh. You're listening to the Outlaw Radio Show. Today, Zach and I are talking about technology in the church. And in this first half of the broadcast, we've been talking about the various important things technologically that should be a part of your church. Don't go anywhere. In the second half, we're going to talk about the ramifications of technology in the church. You're listening to the Outlaw Radio Show. You're listening to the Outlaw Radio Show. Today, I get to join Pastor Zach for this broadcast. We're talking about technology in the church. Here's Zach. Welcome back to the Outlaw Radio Show. We're talking about the church and technology. Uh, I'm joined by Josh Brown, who is the El Presidente of his productions. He produces uh, this show, among a lot of others. And so, Josh, it's, as always, wonderful to have you uh, on the show. A 751-mile conversation um, about the church and technology. Now, I want to kind of throw a bit of a wrinkle into this, something that I've been thinking about a lot. And Do you think that the church, over the last... I would say five to maybe 10 years has become overly obsessed with appealing to millennials at the expense of older generations. Like, have we become too obsessed with reaching millennials when all of the data shows that's the one group of Americans least inclined to come to church? Like, are we putting a lot of our energy and effort into okay we should reach all people but from a strategic angle like like I'll, let me give you an easy example and i think this this kind of validates it um we have a church twitter account you and i are on twitter we have an outlaw radio twitter feed most of the time we go to these conferences and um and they'll even have a hashtag that they're using this that and the other and it's like you and i are the only two people pretty um, much us ed taylor yeah uh ed taylor will <laughs> right. will we'll tweet david guzik uh we'll we'll put some tweets out but yeah there's 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 not as many people have we become overly obsessed with employing technology that like who who really even cares right right i are, are we overthinking it you know what i mean yeah i mean i i think 
definitely, I, th- I think the reason that, that there's so much of a push towards, towards reaching out to millennials, it's, it, you know, it's simple numbers, you know, they're the next big, um, population wave, you know, after the boomers, it's the biggest wave of people that are, that were, you know, a, a part of this world that we're living in. Um, and there's a shift in, in the way that millennials think the economy, uh, the way that they approach things is quite different than, you know, myself, I'm gen X. Um, I think you're, you're gen X, but just on the edge, right. Of millennial or no, you are. Millennial. I, I'm probably, I think, I think they, they, they set up millennial beginning at what? 1980, 81, yes. I think yeah. is the beginning of it. I'm, I was born in 83. Okay. So okay. I'm, I, I, I understand you're an older millennial, um, an older millennial. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I, I definitely think that there has been a push towards that. Um, and your original question was to to the um, <laughs> neglect of the more sage or experienced people in our in our congregations. I, I definitely believe that, you know, I'm I'm not a young guy and I'm not an old guy. I'm 40. Um, and I, I, the, the older I get, <laughs> gosh, I'm sounding like an old guy, aren't I? Uh, I find myself thinking and leaning more towards seeking out the counsel of people who've walked with God a long time. You know, I, the lead guitar player in, in the worship team that I play, and his name is Rick. I've been leading worship with Rick for, gosh, 15 years probably. Uh, Rick pretty soon is going to have his 48th wedding anniversary. 48 years, wow, right? Amazing. Yeah, amazing. bro. Yeah. So, so like when I'm, when I'm leading Bible studies with the worship team, I'll, I'll look at one of the younger guys and I'll say, Hey, you know, I love you. And I know that God speaks through you. I know you have the Holy spirit, but I'm just going to tell you when I need marriage advice, I'm not talking to you. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm going to talk to Rick because Rick, uh, gosh, man, there's things. Yeah. I'm not 48 years old and this dude's been married longer than I've been alive. He's got some things to say. He has some wisdom yeah. that God's imparted. So, to your original question, I say yes. I think that there is a, a shift away from from seeking out sage, wise, experienced saints in the body of Christ to an unhealthy focus on a younger generation. Yes. Let let me let me kind of qualify it a little bit more direct. Okay. In, in this in this regard, I don't think I'm not sure. So okay, a, an older church, a, right. a church that's aging, which most are. We got to get, we got to get young people. We got to get young people, and they assume that the that the way to do that is increased technology. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not convinced that that's that that's how that that works. I I think you're right, Zach. Um, and here's the reason why, and you can tell me if your experience has been, been this, this way in my personal interactions as a pastor with millennial people, you know what they want? They want to come to your house and they want to eat with you and your family. And they want to have a real conversation with you. In fact, if you're texting them too much, or if you're using email too much for communication, the millennials that I serve with and that I know fellow brothers and sisters in Christ that are younger, they start feeling neglected. They actually want to ask questions. Millennials are very interesting. They're very different. Gen X was pardon this expression listeners, but Gen X, a lot of us were, were really kind of middle finger thinking towards the generation before us. We thought we knew everything we knew. We don't need mom and dad's help. We don't need any experience. Millennials. I haven't experienced millennials that are that way. Most of them are the exact opposite. They want mentoring. They want real life experience spoken into their life. They don't want uh, a, a digital representation of what that is. They want people to really do life with them. At least that's been my frame of reference what about you, Zach? The millennials at your church? I I could not agree with the way that you're phrasing that more. Um, it's again, you see churches. We want to reach millennials, so let's employ all of this technology. Right. Let's have rock and lights, big sound, sure. big production. Millennials, more than anything else, want want authenticity. Yeah. Uh, they want. An authentic faith, and that's such uh, an abused uh, word in the church. But qualify that when you say authentic, you mean you mean authentic. Well, what I mean by like it for real is like just just again. I'll tell you. Let, let me paint the hypothetical like mid fifties, early sixties 
pastor who's been doing this for 40 years sure. and he's wanting to reach a, a new generation. Sure. Uh, he's balding, so he just he 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 does the the super shaved cut, uh, goes out and buys some trendy glasses and starts dressing um, like I he's 24. I sense you you're about to make fun of my flat bill hats. I I feel it coming. <laughs> and and he gets <laughs> you know, he's thinking, "Oh, I've got to I've got to reach this next generation." <laughs> yep. And so, I'm going to I'm going to look like an idiot. You look like an idiot. You're you're 60 years old <laughs> dressing and like you're going to a club and a millennial walks into your church and looks at you and like, "That's not you." And yeah. that's just weird. And um you know, one of the one of the pastors um, that is probably most well known in millennial cir- circles is is Timothy Keller. Yeah, um, he's a brain. Dude looks like a gra- dude looks like a grandfather. Yeah, yeah. Ha- hasn't changed the way that he looks. Yep. Uh, but he's real and he's yeah. authentic. Yeah, he's just himself. Yeah, and so I think when a when a church tries to be what they're not, um, it 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 reeks of unauthentic authenticity like you're trying to market to me i, I don't millennials don't want to be marketed no they don't and and i'm gonna i'm gonna use this phrase i really hope i don't get in trouble for this Pff, listeners <laughs> forgive me zach i know you already will but i think personally that the millennial here it comes bs meter is super super tuned they know it oh it's like they know it's it, a radar man. it's a radar Yeah, like when they yeah. see that when they see that that 60 something guy you know wearing vans and a flat bill and and (laughs) they know that this guy's maybe it's genuine maybe it's real i hope so but for those that are putting on a a a different view of who they truly are millennials they smell that a mile away and and it doesn't matter how many lights or tricks you have they are hitting the exit door they want real real connection and since we've bagged on certain churches here uh, let me just give a, a bit of the remedy to it. If you're an older congregation wanting to reach younger people, uh, don't change you. Just include young people. Wow, it's yeah. it's it's really well that said. simple. Like, well have yep. have you know? Even if your worship leader is older, if you've got a younger guy that plays guitar, put him up on stage. Yep. L- let a younger guy do the announcements. Have somebody uh, in your children's ministry uh, that also um, doesn't work at the convalescent old folks home like right. it's it's just include young people yeah but you be you one of the things i love about my dad my my dad is just him yeah um you know completely you know he's he's 60 62 i think mm-hmm. but he dresses like a 62 year old he mm-hmm. acts like a 62 year old he mm-hmm. but he's he has surrounded himself at calvary chapel stone mountain with younger people Mm -hmm. him and james are in their 60s and like the entire church staff is in their 20s and i think that that's rad we're running against a break don't go anywhere we're going to finish up this thought uh hear more with the outlaw radio show one of the missions of outlaw radio is to bring your attention to ministry resources that will benefit your personal study of the bible and spiritual growth with this in mind we want you to check out ravi zacharias international ministries not only is their vision to help the thinker believe but they exist to help the believer think to accomplish both of these aims their website rzim.org is filled with tons of free resources aimed at not only answering your own difficult questions but with the intention of providing the necessary tools to defend your faith in an ever-growing hostile world once again you can learn more about ravi zacharias international ministries by visiting rzim.org that's rzim.org Welcome back to the Outlaw Radio Show. We are talking about the church and technology and how um, technology can be a wonderful tool, can be utilized in cool ways, uh, but then can be taken advantage of and I think actually a distraction. Uh, It can be a crutch. Um, I'll tell you, Josh, one of the things that drives me nuts is, um, again, there's not a lot of people on Twitter um, in the church world, at least our circles. Uh, but one of the things that drives me crazy about it is is when a pastor is on Twitter, but you can tell he's not that he's got some ro- some robot where yeah he's got a robot where he's got like you know preloaded a bunch of Bible verses and some quotes from books that he's read and it just it fires out uh, you know twice a day. The reason it drives me nuts is like I don't care. 
Like that that's not even an original thought. Like I want to know what's going on in the moment. That's the beauty of Twitter is what's happening in the moment. Um, not a pre-canned, I'm trying to make it look like I'm on Twitter when I'm really not. Um, let me ask you this, and, and there's a topic that I wanted to, I really wanted to focus the show on, um, but here we are towards the end and we haven't even gotten to it. I'm kind of struggling. Um, and again, I'm a millennial. Um, the beauty of Calvary 316 is, um, I, I'll just run through our elders. Uh, Joe is about to retire. Uh, he's in his 60s. Larry's in his 60s. Um, Chad is in his 40s. Um, Andy is about to be 40. I'm in my mid-30s. Uh, and then you have Kyle, who's about to turn 30. Like We have this beautiful representation of our church hits across the spectrum. Um, older folks, young folks, children, etc. Um, it's a beautiful thing. It's authentic. Um, we've seen an influx, ironically, of a lot of older people, um, which has been a beautiful thing because it, it adds a, a, a seasoning. Um, <laughs> it's nice to have, I, I joked around the other day, it's nice to have new members come in um, that aren't living in their parents' basement and have a, jo- have a, have a job, uh, are kind of stable in life, and um and and actually have money to give like that's it's a really nice thing to have happen in a growing church like you need it now my the thing I've been wrestling with because we again I mean we're very tech savvy um not in a fake sense like we just employ the technology that that we are well, you have some really really technically capable people that are part of your church though you, you you're you're kind of unique in we in have that sense. we have some hot yeah high Andy. end programmers that know what they're know what oh, they're yeah. doing and and again and I think that this is what's helpful um, we've we simplify it like th- this is not a um, yeah. you know right. this is not a, a you don't have to overcomplicate it um, again I will say this on, as kind of an aside if you're a church trying to reach a millennial do n- Facebook is dead. Stay away from it. it's not even worth it. Um, seriously, I know I know so few people that are actually still on Facebook. We only use Facebook as like Jessica and I because it's just the easiest way to get pictures of our kids to the grandparents who are all over Facebook. Right. Anyway, what I want to say, what I want to ask, what I'm wrestling with is live streaming. Mm. Um, I think on one end of the spectrum, man, I see the the benefits of it. Yeah. Um, specifically, I'll give you an example. Uh, had a lady, uh, come to church this past Sunday and, uh, and before the service even started uh, a migraine hit her. Mm. And so, um, you know, her husband, they had to leave. Right. Um, but they were able then to immediately, you know, log in and watch the service, right. um, from home, um, and stay connected that way. Right. Now we, our sermon video is professionally recorded and, and posted at c316.tv. Um, but we set up a live stream. And again, we have not spent any money to do it. It's it's an iPhone. You're live streaming set through up at a good Facebook, angle. right? Yeah, Facebook. Okay. Um, okay. And again, we, I'm thinking of different ways to maybe expand it. I see the function for someone that's sick, uh, someone that can't get to the church, Um it allows them to stay connected. I've got another dear lady, Saint, um, struggles with back pain. Sometimes it's just she can't get up and go. Right. Um, right. And so she's able to stay connected. And that's a wonderful, wonderful thing. But I, but I will say this. like I see other churches that the live stream man, I mean, it's a better viewing experience than going to church. I'll, I'll, give, you, I'll give you an illustration. The big problem that the NFL has right now is that um, – the NFL viewing experience is better at home than it is in the oh, state. Oh yeah. Yeah. Why buy tickets? And why? And why buy, buy tickets? Why go through the hassle? $10 hot the dog. Like, Oh my goodness gracious. And so, you, and so, and, a, and aside from that, the viewing experience is better right. at home in front of my high definition <laughs> television. Yeah. And the robot cameras. I, they have. I can also have, 
oh, and I can have the and I, I can see the replays, yes. and I can also have like the NFL package where I can watch like four games at once on my TV. Yep. It's hurt the NFL because the viewing experience is better at home. Right. I see churches where the viewing experience is better at home than it is at the church. Mm-hmm. The problem is, is that live stream, it seems to reinforce the idea that Sunday morning service is an event I go to attend mm. versus a community I go to belong to. Mm. Mm-hmm. And that it becomes a crutch. Like, I think we should have live stream, but how how good should it be? I don't want it to be a better viewing experience. You see what I'm saying? Like, do you have any insight? I, I, any I do. To that? You know, and one one of the podcasts that I I love to listen to is Carrie Newhoff, and Carrie talks. Uh, he has guests on, and and they talk about this issue often. In fact, recently in the last month or so, there was a particular podcast uh, uh, about that, and there is that concern. There is that concern. It's live stream. Um, basically going to motivate people to stay home, you know, rather than coming and worshiping with people. I mean, where two or three are gathered, there I am in the midst. Isn't that what Jesus said? If I'm there with my wife, my kids in the living room in my pajamas, isn't God right there in the midst of us? Well, of course, well, that's, we know t- that he is. That's totally out of context. That's out of context. He's talking about church discipline. I agree. But, I but agree. Neither here nor there. I agree. But that's the, that's the, that's the phrase that right. people use. No, I, get you. I, I don't, I don't yeah. uh, espouse that, but but there's definitely that concern. Now, the, the, the trend that we're seeing in terms of consumption, in terms of people, uh, what they want, it is on demand. So it is towards an on-demand experience. I mean, do you have cable? You know, you do. I know that you do. I haven't had cable or a satellite dish at my house for probably 10 or 12 years. Way back when this box came out called Roku, which is pretty common now. And Netflix was about the same time. I've got Netflix, I've got Hulu and Amazon Prime. That's my viewing experience. Now, do I miss some of the games? Yeah, I do. I don't care. I don't want to pay that bill every month. But the point of it is, is that everything that I consume in terms of TV, all of it is on demand. And this live stream and and when watching when I want, not only live stream, but recorded services, there is a shift towards people doing that. Online campuses are a, a big trend uh, where churches are actually tracking giving, tracking conversions. Yes, people getting saved through an online campus experience. This is happening. It is happening. You used a word that irritates me. <laughs> I, I kind of thought and, it would. And the word is consumption. Um, that people want an on-demand consumption yes the problem is is that you don't church is not a consu- it's not a product to consume right church a church is a community that, that you contribute to but it's not about con- you're speaking we have from too a- much consumption yeah i agree i agree and I, and I think that some of the seeker friendly or attractional methodologies and tactics have sort of fed that beast definitely um but but you're speaking from an ideal and culturally, sometimes I wonder, gosh, uh, where is the body of Christ in terms of of being being present and conscious outside of that consumption men- psychology, that consumption mentality? You know what, man? We we've talked about all kinds of stuff, and and we've probably come up with more questions than we have answers. <laughs> so we're going to have to continue this conversation uh, in another episode. Um, and so we're just going to kind of leave the audience on a bit of a cliffhanger. We'll come back to it. Uh, Josh, thanks for being on the show, brother. Always glad to be here. Outlaw Radio Show is uh, is a joy. Well, you've been listening to the Outlaw Radio Show. Again, my name is Zach. Two things I want you to do. Contact your local Christian radio station. Thank them that they exist, uh, that they are uh, putting the gospel into your community, and that they're carrying a show like this. Uh, also visit our website, outlawradio.org, specifically uh, to access our podcast, it's available on iTunes and Google Play. Uh, wherever your provider is, just search my name, Zach Adams. You'll find it. Again, thank you for joining me. Please come back this time next week for more of the Outlaw Radio Show. You've been listening to the one and only Outlaw Radio Show with Zach Adams. 
As mentioned, if you like what you heard, be sure to connect with us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter or check out our website by visiting outlawradio.org. To listen again to today's show, access our daily two-minute broadcast or full-length episodes, check out the Outlaw Radio podcast, available on both iTunes and Google Play. Once again, don't forget, we want to hear from you. If you have questions, want to challenge something that was said, or would like to submit topics you'd like to hear Zach discuss on air, you can either email us at info at outlawradio.org, or you can leave a voicemail at 678-883-3316. Finally, programs like Outlaw Radio are wonderful tools God can use to change lives. But as with any ministry, there are expenses involved. First, if you're not tithing to your local church, you need to do so. And yet, if God has laid it upon your heart to extend your generosity above and beyond your tithe, we'd ask that you prayerfully consider supporting Outlaw Radio. Every donation ensures this show remains on your local station. To learn how you can become a financial partner, please visit outlawradio.org. Well, that's all the time we have for today. We hope you join us again next week for the Outlaw Radio Show with Zach Adams. Outlaw Radio is a ministry of Calvary 316 in partnership with his productions.